Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast. Starring Dave Schilling, Joe Barry Carroll, Lorenzo Romar, Joey Devine, Sonny Parker, Tom Abernathy, Sean Keen, Cheese Johnson. Joe, Joe White, musical guest Paula Cole, and now the temporary host of Rumble Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, your temporary host of Roundball Rock, Joey Devine. Don't know why I was so excited to say my own name there, uh, but sorry. I was pumped too. Oh, thank you, Sean. Sean. You're my co-host, my permanent co-host. Say hello to the people, Sean Keen. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Rocketeers. Oh, there's that classic, that classic Keen smoothness. Um, before we get to our episode today, though, I should say I've been bad about saying it recently. Um, hey, listeners, we want to hear from you, and oh, you yeah. can do that on Twitter at Round Rock Pod or. On Gmail at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we like talk, we like listening, we like hearing from our readers. God, that's the worst joke that there we call them our readers. All right. Um, Sean, you watch any basketball this week? I did. I did. I watched, um, who did I watch? I watched some, some condensed games, which is on, on League Pass, which is, somewhat unsettling like it's it's 
just like a supercut of baskets without any context. And, and uh... it, they really do a bad job of telling like the story of the game. I've watched some condensed games sometimes where it'll be like, wow, uh, Ed Davis was killing it this game. <laughs> And it, and it's like wow, Karis LeVert didn't score at all. And then you look yeah. at the box score, and they just showed all eight of Ed Davis's points and uh-huh. none of Karis LeVert's twenty five. Yeah, like you've watched a condensed game, and the next day it's like Karis LeVert is the Brooklyn Nets' secret weapon. <laughs> You're like, what? I thought he was hurt from watching that game. Um, I saw the end of the Orlando Boston game. Uh, I saw. And I saw whatever games the Sean, Warriors. Sean, can I ask played. you a question? Yeah. Should I be proud or um, shamed that I have yet to watch a Boston Celtics game this season? I mean, kind of proud. It's hard. It, it's like hard to avoid, though. I think they've been on had two Thursday TNT games already. Yeah, and I watched the Bucks both times. Oh, they were playing simultaneously. Just. Yeah, I just watched on Link Pass. I watched another game. I was like, I can't deal with this Brad Stevens dick sucking yet. Yeah, well, I mean, get used to it because they're going to slobber up. What's going to happen? Just uh, a lot of that uh, French French kisses. You know what I mean? (laughs) The the World War I kind of French. He doesn't want it, though. It's non-consensual. Stop sucking his dick. He's (laughs) anti-sex. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he he's focusing on the basketball and waiting till marriage. Like he's yeah, he's waiting for second marriage. He actually has uh, a chastity belt that can only be opened by an NBA championship ring, and until then, hands off, pants off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That <laughs> makes sense. I haven't really watched the Bucks at all, which They're is really uh, good, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm not sure which old books game i should watch i should watch them play the sixers yeah that's, you could that's the... you should watch Giannis dunk a lot oh guess what you're gonna see that any bucks game he's dunking <laughs> so much it's it's weird how this team that was just collecting really talented athletes that maybe didn't have uh like the coaching and the finesse before and then added a coach instead of um what would you consider Jason Kidd? Because he's not even really like a motivator. He's exactly. not a mentor. No. Um, he was he was a good coach, like a position coach to Sean Livingston, I think. He's like a grump. He's definitely like he's grumpy beyond his years. He's like a yeah. He's a grump protege. He's the same like way a grumpy he was like trickster. <laughs> yeah, he. He kind of cheats in disappointing ways. Um, and also, maybe the Bucks are in better shape and better running because they can't go to that pizza restaurant anymore where he got fired. Because <laughs> he's still wandering the grounds waiting to yeah. try and stab someone in the back. <laughs> he's just like, come on, Giannis, invite me in. And, uh, yeah, he's like, the, he's like the It Follows ghost now. He's uh, like... Right. <laughs> Giannis has to pass it on to somebody and Giannis is refusing to. Yeah, he's just like, no, we're just not going to sprint away from guys in the corner waiting to shoot threes. <laughs> uh, Jason Kidd's defensive philosophy was like, you got to stop the 16-footer. Sell out to stop the 16-footer. <laughs> Double all the time, no matter who you're playing against. 
Uh, uh, oh, can I can I say that's also um, a little bit of a weakness to the Denver Nuggets as well? That they kind of uh, they are kind of running that weird Jason Kidd aggressive defense. They, they don't really adjust to their opponent either, well, and that was something I saw. I saw uh, a fair amount of the Nuggets and Lakers tonight, and it was like they had all their pregame meetings and they talked about like Luke Walton's philosophies, and no one in the meeting was like, "Should we think about because Le- LeBron's on the team now?" And Michael Malone's <laughs> just like, "No, no, no, no. This is." This is what Luke Walton used to run in 2016 when he was running the Warriors. Well, and what's um, funny about it is it their their defense worked against the Warriors because for yeah. some reason the Warriors shoot like a billion 18-footers now. It is look, it, they're shooting like KD the third least threes <laughs> than anyone else. Meanwhile, Steph has shot more threes than teams. But yeah. the rest of the team is like shooting like sixteen footers constantly. It's yeah. weird. The Warriors have been weird so far this year. Yeah. Uh anyway, let's talk about the news. That's enough weird strategy yeah. that we don't really know about. Um yeah. <laughs> uh let's go to the news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots, trust the process. Um, Sean, can I offer you uh, something real quick? Yeah. Can I give you Brandon Knight uh-huh. four first-round draft picks and somebody else for Jimmy fucking Butler? Uh... I mean, that, that seems like a lot of picks, like almost an impossible number of picks. It seems like too many picks, doesn't it? Yeah, and also, also, that that's that's the current offer, right, from the Houston Rockets? According to Woj. <laughs> it's, it's like, it feels comical. They're so far offer... in the future, they can't really be protected either. Well, and yeah, and by rule, you can... Trade no more than four first round picks, and you can't trade a pick that's more than seven years mm-hmm. in the future. So this would be 2019, 2021, 2023, and 2025. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2025 is when Jimmy Butler will be 36 years old, 37 years old. Uh, yeah, and how old will Chris Paul be? Uh, dead. He will be dead. <laughs> Okay, Brett Slamson. I know no, he'll I'm, be I'm like forty-two. I'm, I'm just saying he's a very confrontational person, and we established last episode that Ray John Rondo is uh, a serial killer oh, that right. remains yeah, at yeah. large. Yeah. So, um, and James Harden's contract runs through twenty twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Just for some perspective, that he and signed a six-year is... deal. How old is James Harden? He's twenty-eight now. He's twenty-nine, I think. I don't know why Tibbs hasn't said yes to this yet. Um, well, because they get nothing now. I mean, but it's still four first-round draft picks. I mean, it is four draft picks. It's just, I don't know how you even value a 2025 first-round pick. Because I guess it will have some value, but... Don't you have to discount the value of an asset that you don't get for seven years? Like, it seems like having a first round pick that far in the future, that almost makes it worthless. 
See, those two far away ones are the ones that are worth it to me because I'm <laughs> like, oh, all three of these guys are going to be dead by then. Yeah, but you you don't get anything for seven years. <laughs> like it's like you get like for the most part, you're trading for Brandon like Knight and anything uh, the 30th pick. Yeah, you don't get anything at all for 11 months. And then the next thing you get is in three years. And then in five years, you get something else. And then in seven years, like it seems like that would be good if you were running like a mutual fund. But also, I just wonder, people have said that like Glenn Taylor would be more into this and Tom Thibodeau wouldn't. Uh, Glenn Taylor's like 84 years old. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder. He can leave them to his kids in his will. Oh, I guess that's true. You just leave them, leave them draft picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To your, to your children, uh, it's it just I just have no idea how you value a first round pick that's seven years in the future. Here's what I know. Uh huh. If I were playing NBA 2K, yes, and a computer team offered me four first round draft picks, uh-huh. I would say yes. <laughs> but I mean, you, I just don't. But I cannot be fired as the GM of my 2K team. And you don't in the mode I play, and I just sim the seasons. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, just because I understand that that has value, but just in the human terms, it's like, which who's still going to be around in twenty twenty three? Obviously, Andrew Wiggins, the cornerstone of the franchise, will still be there. Cat should be there. Expired. Uh, I mean, his deal does run that far. Right, I think yeah. it runs through twenty twenty four. Yeah. Um, it's also it would be kind of funny if they basically did the reverse of the Joe Smith signing here, where it was like a guy who was really excited to play for Minnesota, and it cost them like four first round picks, <laughs> and and now it's a guy who hates being in Minnesota, and letting him go would get them four first round picks. So I like the poetry of that. Um, it would also be hilarious if Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris are the principals to this trade that it's like, that it becomes when people were like, yeah, you just can't move Ryan Anderson. He's <laughs> untradeable. And they're like, actually, as long as you attach four future first round picks and a second round pick that becomes DeAnthony Melton, you can turn Ryan Anderson into Jimmy Butler for one year. That's um, the thing is like, He's, They're not going to get any. What? Go ahead. No, I mean it's just it's amazing that that offers on the table for someone who has like seventy three games left on their uh you know <laughs> however many games less than a full season left on their contract. Like, here's my question for you, Sean. Mm. Would you trade four first round picks for Josh Richardson? I mean, no, of course not, and that's the. <laughs> Well, that's the option, though. That's what they're weighing, basically. I have to, I have to say, our friend Keith Parrish from Fast Break Breakfast had the perfect analogy for um, the Grizzlies refusing to trade Tyreek Evans last year, mm-hmm. and that like somebody was offering them like a, you know, a, a, a second round pick, and he said like, "All right, I I understand that that's not a lot, but imagine if Memphis had traded a second round pick." to get 25 games of Tyreek Evans. Like mm-hmm. you'd just be like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that is exactly the way to phrase it. If you were just like, because, okay, 
what is the best case scenario for the Timberwolves this season with Jimmy Butler? How many? How many? Games? Six seed, right? That's the yeah, best case. Like they could. They could. I could. I could believe maybe like five. I mean, yeah, Carl Anthony five, Towns like, is listen. so unhappy he asked out of a game after airballing a three the other night. <laughs> you I know, mean, say what you will about. I'm Austin. not going to blame it's Jimmy Butler for that. Three. Say that uh, again. No, I just said, say what you will about Austin Rivers, but he airballed a three, and he stayed in the game to get his ass kicked for 25 more minutes. He airballed several threes last night. <laughs> he looks like a broken man. <laughs> Not like a... I'd, I'd actually hesitate to call him a... And you know what? It's It's got to be tough for him right now. It's got to be got to be difficult. Um this this also just seems like such a cartoonish offer that um, I just don't understand how it's like feasible for the Rockets or for. I mean, I can tell you how it's feasible for the Rockets. Uh huh. This to me is Daryl Morey saying, "If I don't win a championship in two years, I'm leaving anyway. So who gives uh-huh. a shit?" Well, he's already produced one musical, and. I mean, but I mean, the Sixers so, tried to spend a lot of money stealing him this year already. Yeah, like he'll he he can get he can go wherever he wants, basically. Right, and I think that includes the Great White Way. <laughs> uh, look, here's what's gonna happen, dude. Twenty twenty one, he's gonna make this trade, trade for Jimmy Butler, and then twenty twenty one's gonna roll around. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get the fuck out of Houston like Miss Saigon. Yeah. In a helicopter. <laughs> As Chris Paul's like, take me with you. And he's like, you're old. He's going to have a Phantom of the Opera mask on. And yeah. Chris Paul's going to be like, Daryl! <laughs> wow, he has four years left on his deal. Yeah. Pretty, nice, nice move, Daryl Morey. They should publicize what the GMs make, by the way. Who's the lowest paid GM? Lowest paid GM. Um, it was Ryan McDonough, I bet, right? <laughs> it's the only explanation. Right. Like, well, he was a child. <laughs> like, you, you could actually pay him on the GM rookie scale. He, he uh, was paid in dinosaur nuggets. Yeah. Isn't it weird Shaq was talking so much shit about Vlade tonight, by the way? He's a part owner of the Vladi's team. It's very strange. Shaq's relationship with the Kings is extremely weird. Okay. Are there any other questions you want to ask about Jimmy Butler and this insane trade? Yeah, a quick, a quick, just a quick things. Who do you think Tom Thibodeau would actually want if he if he was forced to take this deal? Like someone that Maury would actually give up? Well, I mean, he wants P.J. Tucker. Let's, right. let's be honest. But that's what I mean. Like, I mean, he probably wants Clint Capella, too, but it's yeah. not going to happen. But um, of, like, are, is there any, like, bench player or high-salaried guy that he would he would like? I think he could. I think they can sell Marquise Chris as, oh. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, it was a lottery pick. Was- yeah, yeah. He's young and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and and there's no extra stink on him from being on the Rockets. Yeah, even though he's been traded again, it's like, <laughs> oh well, that wasn't it. Obviously, 
you got to trade him and four first round picks to get Jimmy Butler. Um, okay, will Tillman actually pay Jimmy Butler the max that he could get? I don't think so. Yeah, because he kind of backed off the Chris Paul thing because they clearly had a deal in place to give Chris Paul a max and then they non-guaranteed the last year. Um, okay, who – Jimmy Butler comes to the Rockets. Who is the first member of the Rockets that he starts yelling at? Let's assume Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris go in the deal. I mean, it's got to be Michael Carter Williams, right? Oh my god, it feels like uh, I could I could definitely see that. Um, I could see him really having issues with Gerald Green, but I think Gerald Green would like give it back too much, you know? Yeah, yeah, Michael Carter. So I think that's right. Um. Uh, who would he in? Yeah, and and the most. I I I also asked the most, but it, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same target. Um, okay. If I they, think James if they... Harden would infuriate him though, because <laughs> I think James Harden could. Ye- I mean, he. I think he could yell at James Harden all he wants, and it like Harden wouldn't even like care. Yeah, he'd just be like rolling his eyes. Yeah, he'd just like walk away real slow. Yeah, he's like, look, I have free throws to shoot. I'm <laughs> <laughs> get out of my face. It's like the opposite of like Townsend Wiggins. Yeah. Um Okay, if they sell it a twenty twenty five first round pick, uh it's likely that the NBA will not have the one and done rule again, which means this pick could be for someone who is currently in fifth grade. That's so tight. <laughs> That is so sick. How Jimmy have they Butler. not done this trade yet? I want this trade done. Jimmy Butler could be traded for a 10-year-old. That is so fucking tight, dude. I want this trade done, like, now. It could be, like, also, like, a fifth grader in, like, a country that be, that that will exist in 2025 but doesn't exist yet. <laughs> oh, so, like, uh... The United States of California. Yeah, uh, baby. It's LeBron James Jr. That's separate. Separate. <laughs> um. Um, oh, also, the saddest thing about that Woj article, you pointed this out, um, is that they mentioned that Minnesota was thinking of using one of those picks to dump. Uh, <laughs> They're already <laughs> using a pick to dump Gorky Gang. Yeah. Who who was signed to an extension by all the people who are still currently in charge in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, two years ago. And <laughs> it would be amazing if they were able to trade a 2025 pick to, to do that. That's not the one you want to give up, though. You want to give up the 2019 one to sell off yeah, where yeah, you well, did. Yeah, I guess it's going to be like 28. And... <laughs> um. <laughs> I guess we should talk about this from the Rockets end. Um, I mean, uh-huh. obviously, I think oh, we right, both yeah. <laughs> actually like it for the Rockets, right? Like, yeah, you might as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, <sighs> I kind of feel like they'd be able to figure it out. And while it is, you know, I, I'm going to say confidently that the first two of those first round picks are not going to be anything special. Well, and that's the other thing. I kind of I like this a lot because it like. It really questions the. It really flies in the face of the like dunked on idea that first round draft picks are actually the best thing you can have in the NBA. Right, right. 
and and the Rockets are like, and eh, we might have just gotten rid of like they're going to have a very I could see them just not wanting to have a first round pick next year because they'd have to give the guy a guaranteed contract. But and I mean, what the, about for the next four right. years? I mean, the next seven years. <laughs> I mean, that that's it's so crazy. You know what it reminds me of it, it in classical. I'm sure Daryl Maureen has thought about this. This is like um, burning your ships. You know what I mean, you you you, t- you take the fleet in and you burn the ship. So it's like you can't. I think that happens in the Trojan War. I believe it's in the Iliad. Uh, you burn the ships and it's like we're not going home. So mm-hmm. we got got to fight this. Um, How do you feel about the? Okay, so you're a Warrior fan. Yeah. If they added Jimmy Butler, would you be scared? More yeah, dude. scared of the Rockets? Oh, way more scared of the Rockets. Okay. Just because he's um he's a very good defensive player, and when Chris Paul gets hurt in the first or second round of the playoffs, it's going to be great to have Jimmy Butler there. <laughs> Rather than no one. Also, how ironic would it be that... So we just spent a week where a lot of Chris Paul's former teammates were admitting that he's a bad teammate. Uh-huh. And two weeks before that, uh, Jimmy Butler was being a bad teammate. Mm. Demonstrably um, a terrible teammate. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, like, some kind of irony here that the... NBA's two worst teammates are coming together, or what? How, I mean, how would we describe that? <laughs> it's kind of beautiful that, yeah, that you you'd have two guys that are just getting ragged on by their teammates, and then Mello, who is sort of like a coach killer and seemingly kind of like playoff poison to a roster, but yet pretty beloved as a teammate i think i think so too i think people like, I, like I, I, well jeremy lynn doesn't like mellow but yeah but you know he got hurt too like it, it, it i'm sure that sucked but you know jeremy, jeremy lynn got hurt like a week after Carmelo but came I mean, back. also mellow demanded not to run lynn ball anymore yeah i'm just i'm just saying i wonder if there would have been a less dramatic resolution to that, if Jeremy Lin were able to play, you know, the remainder of the season, um, maybe, not. uh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy collection of people. And also I could, I could just see Jimmy Butler getting screwed financially because he, you know, he needs to preserve his bird rights to get this max, but the difference between the max and what he can get from any other team I fully expect the Rockets to exploit that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, enough about a trade that probably isn't going to happen. But the audacity of it. Oh, yeah, the other thing is um, I kind of wonder if Tom Thibodeau like wronged Daryl Morey sometime in the past because this is like leaking this is like could just get Tibbs fired once people start talking about <laughs> Him not taking this deal. Right, because you know who else didn't take four first-round draft picks one time? Who oh, is that? Michael Jordan? Well, it was Rich Cho, but oh, yes, Cho. who also is off food blogging currently instead of having a job as a general manager. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know who yeah. else would have gotten fired if he traded four draft picks uh, for Justice Winslow? 
Uh, Danny Ainge? Danny Ainge, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, anyway. <laughs> um, Steph, went, Steph Curry went insane last night. Um, my biggest takeaway from it uh-huh. is this was, once again, his way of getting revenge on the Blake Griffin Clippers. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the night his... before, <laughs> yeah. Blake had gone crazy and everyone was talking about Blake's big game. And uh, less than 24 hours later, Steph Curry one-upped his uh, Blake's big game by one point mm-hmm. and also did it to, directly to Austin Rivers. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so I think there is a tendency in basketball to think of the rivalries as the the players that met on on like the biggest stage or had the most battles, but the Warriors... You know, they they sort of have a rivalry with the Cavaliers. It's weird to say that because they played four times in a row in the mm-hmm. finals. But Steph Curry's true rival is the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes. Like that's it's it's Doc Rivers. It's Blake Griffin. It's, they yeah. hate Blake Griffin. They hate Blake Griffin. And it all comes back to Doc Rivers not letting them have chapel together. And then I mean, Draymond Green, like. If if anything, his personal mission beyond winning basketball games has been to just humiliate Blake Griffin in every head-to-head matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, Chris Paul and Steph Curry were friends until Steph Curry became better than Chris Paul. Uh-huh. And now yes. they are no longer friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, I, I kind of feel like that's why the Warriors wouldn't pick up Jamal Crawford, to be honest. <laughs> And now he had to go to the Suns. And so anyway, I just think this might not ever end like uh, they're they they're I, I could see them really trying to get guys to dunk on DeAndre a lot when they play the Mavs um, endorsing open source Linux software to spite uh, Steve Ballmer and uh, exposing JJ Reddick's secret family. Of course, of course, That's the secret family going to happen. Um, also, uh, can you imagine, like, deep, deep into the future, uh, Ryan Curry, uh, like, embarrassing, uh, embarrassing Austin's son, internist mm-hmm. rivers? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Telepediatrician rivers. <laughs> It's it's really funny to me that Doc Rivers did not receive the nickname Doc for like anything about his personality or his style of play. He just was wearing a Doc or J shirt once. It is weird. All right, it, let's talk about the story I actually want to talk about. Yes. Um I mean that Curry game fucking ruled, by the way. Yeah. That one three he hit where he was like sprinting at like full speed and then somehow shot a three was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Um, but anyway, uh, Sean, why don't you walk us through this next story? Uh, the, the it's one it, sentence. <laughs> oh yeah. Josh Jackson admitted that when he was eight years old, he threw a water bottle at the malice in the palace. Josh. And now when I read this, what did I say to you, Sean? Uh, was he, did you say, was he like five years old? No, I said Josh Jackson from the Suns. (laughs) (laughs) Like I would have, I would have actually believed that more, uh, that like 
Josh Jackson Pacey from Dawson's Creek had thrown a water bottle there. And I'd be like, hey. yeah, because he was so young. He was five. He was eight. Oh, OK. It still seems too young to be throwing water bottles at the malice of the palace. Yeah. <laughs> I also think he might have gotten his own age wrong now that I'm looking at this. <laughs> Like, like he said he was an eight-year-old, but I, I kind of think that he, yeah, he was he was seven. Oh, I mean that's what that's not a whatever big, whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Uh, I assume he missed with the water bottle, considering Josh Jackson's career, and uh, oh, I would also say because he's a thirty-nine percent shooter. Um, also, last time anyone uh, described his jumper as wet, just throwing a water bottle at uh, Stephen Jackson, presumably. Jamal Tinsley, maybe. So, here's my question for you. Uh huh. This is this is very Forrest Gump. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, are there any other moments in NBA history that you wish young stars? Are there any other uh, weird NBA moments that you think of, like, current young NBA stars were at? Yeah. Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns was there when uh, Tony Parker finger-banged Brett Berry's wife <laughs> in the tunnel at uh, in, in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, uh, I that, think... That, like, gave him a deep fear going forward. <laughs> I think Dante DiVincenzo was at that uh, championship parade where Mark Madsen danced. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I actually would not be surprised if a young Clay Thompson was at that Portland Trailblazers media day where Rasheed Wallace was so stoned he was sent home. Well, just formative stuff. Uh, like I think a young Devin Booker was at the uh, was outside the huddle that time they uh, the Nuggets yelled one two three Cancun. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think Luka Doncic was actually conceived that night that Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki got really drunk at that frat party. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. This is another complicated news story that oh, yeah. is old, but we've been meaning to talk about it for a while. Yeah, I'm just going to give you the headline. Yeah. Vet's mistake causes Heat's Haslam opportunity to sell prize to dog semen, lawsuit says. Excuse uh, me? So Udonis Haslam, mm-hmm. <laughs> Udonis Haslam of the Miami Heat. The mayor uh, uh, mayor of Miami. Mayor of Miami. He's He's been on the team longer than... I mean, since 2003, I think. Uh, somehow, he he's still on the payroll. Uh, apparently, he has a show-quality cane corso, which is like a mastiff. And he brought the dog to the vet because it swallowed a rope, which is already like, what was happening? Oh, see, um, I get that, though. That a dog was just... It's oh, one it's of like those toys toy. where you pull on it. You know oh, what I mean? Just, he's just he's just so big that he just ate it. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, and you can't you can't pass it because it's got like a knot in it. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Uh, but in the course of the surgery, I, it's not clear when this happened. He uh, neutered the dog, and uh, the vet just like wild out. 
wilded out and was like, oh, two for one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, like they didn't tab it or uh, it, that doesn't seem like it would be the standard procedure for a surgery to take mm-hmm. uh, a rope out of the stomach. But uh, the lawsuit claims because it's a show quality dog, he trained as a watchdog. And uh, it keeps it lists that semen for a top show dog is commonly collected every other day. Some of the top males are in such demand. Semen is collected from them daily. Semen samples from a champion bloodline King Corso can range from $3,500 to $10,000, which do I not know how much a dog costs? You you don't know how much a dog costs. Because I, I guess my thought is free. No, but that's probably... like if you're getting like a non like pound dog, they're uh-huh. really expensive and you're but, a bad person. But like because there are lots of dogs who like just need houses. Yeah, but you would, <sighs> you would pay ten thousand dollars. I guess you would get a litter of cane corsos for that. No, I think you get one. How much would you? Would you? So like, oh, a no, show... no, no. You get a yeah, you'd get a yeah. litter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but those show dogs are really expensive. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, was Udonis Haslam jerking off a dog every single day? No, that's but he was paying someone to. <laughs> Is that like rookie hazing on the Miami Heat? Possibly. Is this something Tyler Except Johnson? I don't think... Do? Well, I mean, Ty- I could definitely see Tyler Johnson. That's how he lost his teeth. <laughs> He's the one who swallowed the rope. Yeah. Wait, was Tyler Johnson actually the one that was castrated? Oh, that's uh, possible. Because like. <laughs> I could see him swallowing a rope for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, this is the weirdest lawsuit. Um, and, you know, Udonis Aslam, tough guy, but a soft spot for his own dog's testicles and semen. I feel bad for him. He was probably getting a lot of money out of that dog. I get they don't really say that he was though. They're just they just talk about the potential. Oh, okay. All right, like, kind of seemed like he was just their watchdog, <laughs> but I guess he was reserving the right to uh, put his dog out to stud. Um, uh, just like Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Also, just in Miami, end of his career, spreading his seed, baby. Um, all right, there's one more thing we want to talk about. That's been our news. Yeah. Um, but we found something that came out this week that uh, I really think we should. Uh, it felt right up our alley, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, even before reading the story, just seeing the link, I was <laughs> very excited. Uh. So we're going to talk in depth about an article we found. Now, I want to make it clear before I mention what this article was, is that I was not just searching this website. Someone <laughs> sent me this article. Uh, it's called A Conservative's Guide to the 2018-2019 NBA Season by David French, and it's on nationalreview.com. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. So uh, it's the Thinking Man's Daily Stormer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they love they love Ayn Rand. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, 
it's for it's for intellectual people who don't want to admit how incredibly racist their politics are. <laughs> um, and before we even get into the guide itself, yeah, uh, I want to tell you. Look, I'm not in publishing. I don't know what what I believe it's the subhead, right? Is it's the only sports guide in America that owns the libs. Uh huh. Yes, the National National Review. Just so you know, it's William F. Buckley's magazine. Mm-hmm. Currently, I believe Dinesh D'Souza is on the masthead. Oh, very cool guy. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> he's he's known for calling Barack Obama a gay Muslim. Um, I mean, look, George Soros gave me all this information, look, so I, I know it's completely be very accurate. Clear. But like George Will, John McLaughlin. Yeah. Oh, that's my John McLaughlin impression. Um, Good. I oh, want to be very clear racist, before we get into this. Magazine. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be very clear before we get into this again. We are not a William F. Buckley podcast. We are a Gore Vidal podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, do you know, Sean, why don't you walk us through this next part here? Yeah, so this is written by a diehard Grizzly fan. And and notable never Trumper David French, which the Grizzlies fan part is a surprise in the middle that you just <laughs> that you yeah, just yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, spoiled. It, it, no, there's no background on this guy. It's like the National <laughs> Review is like you should know who this guy is, even though his bio is like, well, he wrote some books about being a Christian, <laughs> and then he was like, he he they prominently talk about how he served in Iraq, and he did. But he was a judge advocate general. Oh, Jag? Uh, as you might know from the TV show Jag. He was the inspiration for the TV show Jag. He was? No. Oh, but he was a Jag. Uh, <laughs> a he, jag he off, had, am like, I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway, he the the reason people like me might have heard about him recently is that um at you know, midway through 2016, a lot of the never trippers, spe- specifically Bill Crystal, mm-hmm. um, was trying to draft a non-Trump candidate to run against him. Uh, maybe a little late. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and anyway, uh, this was his dream candidate is this guy, David French, who ultimately decided not to run because he did not have the resources and, uh, He's also, no one knew who he famous. was. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a big problem. Um, but yeah, um, and, oh, and according to Wikipedia, I don't know. Look, it's a trusted source. I did not look up the link that backed this up, but there's a quote that says French has called for young men to become physically strong again, which uh, just is like an unsettling sentence. Does he want them like to do push-ups or? I don't know. Like, are are young men weaker now? Probably. Wait a second. Hold on. I haven't thought about this. <laughs> Is Donald Trump running the presidential fitness tests? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> have they have they changed it? It's like now you have to do five double chin-ups. That's yeah. Uh, it's like uh, see see if you can lift this uh, six pack of diet coke four times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, when the president believes that um, 
the body only has a limited lifetime amount of energy and that exercise in any form depletes it. Um, the sky's the limit on the presidential fitness. Thing. Look, I am again, anti Donald <laughs> Trump. I've said it here before. I know I'm very brave for saying it uh-huh. again. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to be honest as a, uh, very weak child. Uh, huh. if he, if he got rid of the presidential fitness test, it's the one thing I agree with him on. Because you know what a very weak, very small child does not need in middle school? Uh, the president also making fun of him for not being able true. to do a chin-up. Wasn't, wasn't like Arnold Schwarzenegger the guy in charge of that, too, at, in, in your formative years? Probably. I think he worked for H.W. Bush. Uh, also, well, they still give out the fitness medals. They do not give out arts or science medals oh very cool or technology or humanities (laughs) oh boy okay oh here's Um, the thing that david french just wrote okay uh here's him tweeting it out newt gingrich didn't break american politics there's a wave of argument that newt gingrich broke american politics no way he broke a democratic stranglehold on the house but American politics was heading south no matter what Newt did. <laughs> so, very cool. Very cool guy. Uh, this article about uh, about fitness, the, the headline is, Men are getting weaker because we're not raising men. And I would just say the URL is fantastic because it's, you know, National Review, the date, and then male-physical-decline-masculinity-threatens. <laughs> All right. Shouts to the shouts to the interns at National Review Online. Uh, so should I read the intro to this preview? It's real quick. It's only a couple sentences. I have it right in front of me. Uh huh. Okay. So again, it's the only sports guide in America that owns the libs. It's a common misconception that the song "It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year" was written in reference to Christmas. Clearly not. There is no time more wonderful than late October when the leaves turn in the south, the college football playoff picture starts to come into focus, and the greatest sport in the history of the known universe, NBA basketball, begins its glorious regular season. Mm -hmm. And so, it is my solemn duty to serve as the NBA's ambassador to conservative America. Yes, it's a progressive league. Yes, its fan base is concentrated in blue cities, but talent is talent and excellence is excellence, and it's time for Red America to embrace the greatness. Here is the only preseason guide you need to read. Per tradition, it divides the league by familiar political categories. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is basically the end of the conservative talk. That's it. Honestly, (laughs) he's like, he's like these these inner city cuck social justice warriors want you to not watch football, but actually, I really like basketball myself. (laughs) And then it's like, that was it. (laughs) Uh, So he has. Let's just go through these divisions, maybe. Sure, and then I'll name the teams in them. Okay. You name the division, I'll name the team. So there's the Alexandria 
Ocasio Cortez division. Uh huh. Uh, which he calls cheerfully inept. Mm-hmm. So one of his, one of his, uh, yeah, just a uh, twenty-eight-year-old congressional candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and the three teams he has in there are the Atlanta Hawks, the Sacramento Kings, and the Brooklyn Nets. There, uh, would you consider these teams all to be cheerfully inept? Um, I mean, I don't think the Nets are that inept now. I don't find them particularly cheerful. I know. <laughs> I mean, the Hawks. I think people, Hawks, certain Hawks fans, are probably like. Yeah, this is going to be fun to lose this much. Also, the only reason he hates the Hawks is because they traded Luka Doncic for Trey Young. Um, well, yeah, because it was a white person traded for a black exactly. person. <laughs> do you think? Do you think he like also is very high on the Kings? Yeah, what an exciting core they've drafted well for a change and like. When did that happen? Because <laughs> everybody they drafted in 2016 is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he loves deer and Fox. Oh, he's, you know what? This guy's from Kentucky. I think he lives in Kentucky. So he loves deer and Fox, obviously. Okay. Uh, uh, let's, yeah. I'm going to read you the Brooklyn Nets one. Yeah, because... please, please. In honor of AOC herself, we had to get a New York City team in her division, and the Nets fit the bill. Mm-hmm. Years after trades that robbed the team of its future while granting it a mediocre past, the Nets are finally ready to be not terrible. As for eccentricity, don't forget, or never forget, that guard D'Angelo Russell literally Snapchatted his way out of L.A. No, really. Look it up. And if you do look it up, you can learn that D'Angelo Russell did not do that on Snapchat. <laughs> Literally, that was not the the medium. Uh, also, when he says, as for the eccentricity, uh, I don't, when did he, men- he doesn't mention eccentricity. I think he means AOC is eccentric, but she's not. Not really. She's just 29 years old. Mm-mm. Um, I would also like to point out here. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a trend. Uh, yeah. He really hates the, like, the blue, the teams in the bluest places. <laughs> that's, that's, see, it seems like those are where his targets are firmly aimed. Brooklyn. Because, like, he starts the Cavs one with, I hate to do this. I really do. I, I got to <laughs> apologize to Dan Gilbert, my personal friend. Uh, he secured a home loan for me. I'll never forget that. <laughs> he, uh, he granted me a line of credit in his casino that's attached to his basketball arena. Uh, also, he forgets the Miami Heat. I also want to make that clear. The yeah, Miami Heat get, are not in the Conservatives' guide to the 18-19 NBA season. Does that mean the Conservatives are just giving up on Florida? Well, you'd think the Heat would be the team they're most into because right. they're run by, again, a guy who was on the all-white basketball team that played the, <laughs> the Glory Road game. 
and also just be like, come on, let's fire up these Cuban exiles. And <laughs> it's Marco Rubio's favorite team. And no, he just forgot they were in the NBA. Um, all right. You want to read? Oh, yeah. Well, well, the conservative, well, the conservatives <laughs> forgot about a team near the Caribbean. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're yeah, they're the Puerto Rico of the NBA. We just don't pay any attention or acknowledge that they're there. Uh, yeah, okay, so we have the Hillary Clinton division is next. Losing, comma, grimly. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, didn't really need the comma, I would say. <laughs> um, it, it sounds like a terrible, like... Doesn't that seem like if the guy who makes uh, This Is Us made like a sport a bad news bears that's what it would be called like losing grimly here's my favorite There's one 17 characters <laughs> here's my favorite one in this division <clears throat> the phoenix suns i had hope for them last year i really did Devin Booker is one of the most exciting young players in the NBA, and he's the player in the league most likely to drop 60 on any team any given night. But something about the team just seems off. I don't mind seeing a bad young team if the bad young team plays with hope and joy. The Suns did not. Will they this year? I say no. I hope I'm wrong. <sighs> okay, well, obviously... This is he's where... a- I want to talk about how is this a conservative's guide to anything? This is just like an old man's basketball takes column. Right. And well, also, once again, he's just really a fan of Kentucky basketball because <laughs> he's like, ah, Devin Booker giving me so much hope. Here's a, here's one thing that he is correct about with a conservative's guide to the NBA disproportionate influence of the state of Kentucky. <laughs> Mitch McConnell and John Calipari, two of the greatest villains in American history. How does Devin Booker not inspire his teammates to play with joy? But also, who had hope for the Suns last year? No one. And also, (laughs) also, something about the team seems off. The Suns did not last year. Like... He doesn't realize like what tanking is. It's like clearly he's just like, well, you know, I, I read Atlas Shrugged, and obviously uh, all these geniuses. Uh, <laughs> like, like how is he not mad about the Phoenix Suns of like benefiting from NBA socialism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they draft an immigrant number one, and they fire a white guy who was the GM and replace him with a boy so mad at the Phoenix Suns dishonoring the legacy of John McCain. Well, you stand Joe Arpaio. What's that? Joe Arpaio, dude. Joe Arpaio. That would be the guy. <laughs> um, all right. Do you want to read this Cavs uh, paragraph or do you want me to read it? Oh, please. You ch- I think okay. you should. Yeah. You know what? I'll take this one. The Cleveland Cavaliers. I hate to do this. I really do. But recent history shows us that when LeBron leaves, watching the team remains about as entertaining as watching an alcoholic struggle through a recovery. Cool metaphor. Very cool. Uh, LeBron's teams are about LeBron, and when they have to go to cold turkey, the results aren't pleasant. It was a good run, Cleveland, but your future is not bright. What? Bail out the calves. That's By the way, what... <laughs> he... he um. He writes this entire Hillary Clinton division with four teams. 
No, there's five teams, and he mentions uh, how many individual players do you think he mentions? Two. I think it's... Oh, no, he mentions Porzingis and Kevin Knox. He mentions Porzingis, Knox, and LeBron James, who does not play for any of the five teams mm-hmm. anymore. Um, he also talks about Phil Jackson. Oh, well, that's good that Phil Jackson made it into this preview. Weird that... Uh, uh, a guy from the National Review would still be talking about <laughs> an old white man who peaked over a decade ago. Uh, all right, you want to name? Uh, I'll I'll take this one because you just read. Uh, this is this next division is the Cory Booker division posing oh. as relevant. Oh, in your face, Booker! Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Posing as relevant. Yeah. Fake relevant. Uh, the one I wanted to read here is... Uh-huh. Uh... Oh, yeah, the teams in the division, by the way. The Pistons, oh, the right. Hornets, the Nuggets, the Blazers. Oh, you did, uh, the, the Hillary Clinton division also had the Bulls and the Magic. <laughs> we forgot to do that. All right, the, so the Cory Booker division, my favorite one, is the Charlotte Hornets. Uh-huh. Uh, they have actual playoff buzz, but how much of that is based on the roster, and how much is based on the irrational exuberance that follows when you survive the Dwight Bola virus? Dwight Howard is gone, and that's addition by subtraction, but the subtraction isn't enough to carry Charlotte into the top 16. Uh, first of all, he means addition. Yeah. In the second <laughs> clause, not subtraction. Also, Dwight Bola virus. How is this guy like a writer or an editor? That's the best poem you could get to because Dwight Howard's name rhymes with a lot of things. The Dwight mayor is over. Uh, Dwight man can't can jump ship. Whatever. I, like <laughs> Howard's end. Like like. He make fun of Dwight Howard all the time, and he's like, the Dwight Bola virus. You know, that thing from 25 years ago that I'm still obsessed with? Oh, sorry, do you mean the contract of America or the movie Outbreak? <laughs> what I don't understand about him hating Dwight Howard is, Dwight Howard is the Ben Carson of the NBA, so shouldn't they be into him? <laughs> right, like, like, oh, no, no, he, he has a lot of kids. No, 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 he... Kind of lies. Um, he's, a, he's like a clown, but we like fake, him. <laughs> but he's also like a like a. Uh, he says he's a Christian, and all his activities are really shady. But he says he's a Christian, so that's good enough. Uh, there's another short one we should read here. Huh? Uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard can and will make an actual Spartacus stand. It won't be enough. The West is better again. The Blazers are not. Ooh, damn. Uh, again, he's not going to make an actual Spartacus stand. But much like when he said that literal comment earlier, uh, <laughs> he's not. Also, the Spartacus League is a uh, Marxist organization. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next... Can and will. <laughs> The beta, the next In one. In your face, Detroit, Denver, and Portland. <laughs> Get out of here, you, you hippies. The next, uh, 
<laughs> the next division is the Beto O'Rourke division. Expensive busts. Yeah. So there's two teams in this division. One it of them is the Timberwolves and the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Clippers. He then very early explains the expensive in the phrase expensive. Do you want me to read it? <laughs> Please just read it. Read it. The expensive in the phrase expensive busts applies less to the Clippers roster than to the Clippers franchise. I may be slightly off in my math, but owner Steve Ballmer dumped about $110 billion in Microsoft bucks to purchase a team on the decline. It was a nice, though short, run for the Clippers as the premier Los Angeles NBA team. That run is now over. Um, I just gotta say, <laughs> when you make a division... Of two teams, and the description of the teams is expensive busts. Mm -hmm. And then in the first line of your second team, you have to explain how the team isn't really expensive. Mm -hmm. Rethink your category a little <laughs> bit. I also just want to read this last sentence like, of oh, the Timberwolves. What a slam on, bed, on, 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 on O'Rourke, though. Expensive busts. Can I read you a sentence oh, yeah, please, please. that ends the Timberwolves one that makes zero sense to me? Uh-huh. Now it looks like their glory day will never come, and by the end of the season, Tibbs may skateboard straight to the unemployment line. I read that and I was like, <laughs> there's no fucking way Tom Thibodeau rides a skateboard, right? <laughs> There's no, there's no, no, I can't, I can imagine most NBA coaches on skateboards, but not Tom Thibodeau. Um, it also is like <laughs> skateboarding to the unemployment line sounds like, like a story Ronald Reagan would make up about a welfare cheat. Like he was on disability, but then they saw him taking his skateboard to the end, to the unemployment line. And well, that's why we've got to close all the VA hospitals. <laughs> it's well, like, do you, you know, the least skateboarding coach <laughs> in the NBA? Well, and it's also like, uh, <laughs> did you hear about this new video game? It's called Tony Hawk's Pro Welfare Queens. <laughs> It's like I, I it, some of these things I read and I'm like, is there like a conservative talking point I haven't heard about about like oh those skateboarders? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna x out the X Games and make these people go to work. No skateboards allowed. Oh, I lied. The Miami Heat are in there. They were not. Oh, oh good. Sorry, oh. my bad, David French. <laughs> sorry, sorry, David French. <laughs> Um, so your next division is the Elizabeth Warren division. Have a one in 1,024 chance to be good. So I guess this is about her DNA test proving she was Native American. But I get another thing where I feel like I don't really know where that fraction comes from. 
I guess I don't either. Yeah, I, I, he does a lot of fractions to end these, so it's this like, is this is his big gen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's saying the he they committed grand larceny. Oh yeah. So he's the Mavericks, the Wizards, and the Heat are in this yeah, division. Yeah, yeah. My bad. I missed this earlier because I had passed out from how terrible this was. Yeah. Uh, he says there's a chance. There's a chance that he's good immediately. He, there's a chance that Luka Goncic is good immediately. Another unnecessary comma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., there's a chance that he's much better than last year. I'm not saying chance in the dumb and dumber one in a millions sense. Uh, doesn't need mm-hmm. the S on the end of million there. Uh, no, the odds are better than one out of 1024. But he's all he's saying is that there's a chance that Luka Doncic is good and that Dennis Smith improves. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, that's not a one in a million chance. <laughs> dude. Like, and in fact, that's likely on, on both. I would, uh, but a one sixty one in 64 chance that the Mavericks are not terrible at all. I mean, these are just great math jokes. Yeah, super good math jokes. There's a solid one in 256 chance that the Wizards will be a top four team in the East. And a one out of 512 chance the Miami Heat will make it out of the first round of the playoffs. I would say that's more like like maybe a one in 10 chance. The Heat getting out of the first round in the playoffs? That's actually not that unlikely at all. No, I think it, that's like a like two out of five. <laughs> Um, all right, your next division. You he also, another he also politically joke? says adding Dwight Howard isn't the solution in Washington. Yeah. Um, are you ready for another hot political joke mm-hmm. for about this division? Yeah. Too bad. It's called the Rocky Balboa division. Was Rocky conservative? Liberal? Don't know. Don't care. He's the comeback king. What is he talking about right now? <laughs> Uh, the one team in this division, John, the Memphis Grizzlies. <sighs> he and he then said, he just explains that he's a huge Memphis Grizzlies fan. He said, "I didn't even have the heart to go to a game, and I live, eat, and breathe Grizzlies basketball." I'm going to say he didn't because he didn't go to a game. <laughs> he's not breathing Grizzlies basketball. Also, guess who he's excited about this year, Sean. Oh, take is in it... mind what published what what uh what publication we're reading. Let's see a conservative, uh, very very almost white supremacist national magazine, mm-hmm. uh, that likes to endorse people with uh, maybe a history of uh, sexual <laughs> harassment. Is it Chandler Parsons? Yes, he does say Chandler Parsons might be almost healthy. Oh, and he can hear the Rocky music. Stirring in the background. <laughs> so his recipe for the return of grit and grind is Mike Conley, Marcus Soul, and Chandler Parsons mm-hmm. might almost be healthy. Mm-hmm. So the same team they had last year, mm-hmm. where he did not, he refused to go to any, he games. refused to go to any <laughs> games. He's a big fan, though. Even though he eat, lives, eats, and breathes Grizzlies basketball. Well, he was he was a never Tyreeker, so he. <laughs> Which meant he uh, would not support them in person, but would write a lot of articles defending everything that they do in print. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. right. Your next division, Sean. Uh-huh. The Nikki Haley division. 
The and future's so bright, they gotta wear shades. That is, it's such a, I, I had to like check the date on this. Because I'm like, the Dickie Haley division, the, it came out, Octo- it came out October 17th, which is after Nikki Haley quit her job as the ambassador of the UN and it turned out she was $2 million in debt. Mm-hmm. And she was in debt buying shades because her future's <laughs> so bright. Like, am I am I just misunderstanding where people well, like great job being at your job for almost eighteen months and almost going to debtor's prison? Uh, also, apparently, Donovan Mitchell is really really good. Wait, hold really. on. No, no, oh, yeah. I want to read that. Oh, yeah, but yeah, also, please. we need to tell them what teams. Oh are yeah, in this what division. teams are. The future's so bright. The Utah Jazz, mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks, mm-hmm. the New Orleans Pelicans, mm-hmm. the Indiana Pacers, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do the Thunder have a wonderfully bright future? It seems I like mean, they have a lot of guys that were drafted 10 years ago. Uh, also expensive. They're expensive. <laughs> Well, that that is the Nikki Haley division. Um, uh, let me like read you this: jazz going one, into though. debt and not going to win. <coughs> that's that's the that is yeah. They are in the Nikki Haley of teams. Here, let me Pearl read you. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, oh, these are all like concerned. Utah, Milwaukee, New Orleans, Indiana, Oklahoma. Give me, give me, give me his analysis of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Uh. Donovan Mitchell is really, really good. Really good. He's one of the most Nikki Haley players on the most Nikki Haley team. Watch the Jazz. They may be in the Western Conference Finals. It's... I don't understand, like, what that even means about... Like, has he ever watched the team? Has he ever watched Nikki Haley? Well, you know, the thing about Nikki Haley (laughs) is that she was an actual rookie as the ambassador <laughs> to the United Nations. Not like Madeline fucking Albright. <laughs> um, I also want to read... I want to read two more of these. This division is really incredible. This this Bucks one. Are you going to read the Bucks <laughs> no, one? No, I wasn't even going to read oh, the Bucks one. I'm going to read the Bucks one. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo has been working on his shot. Giannis has been in the gym getting strong. Giannis has a new coach who's going to space the floor, giving him room to roam. The Bucks are the Jazz of the East, <laughs> which is like, I did, again, he's he's so into young men becoming physically strong, <laughs> he he can't stop it. But also, the Bucks are the Jazz of the East. <laughs> they they very much aren't like, and this is as someone who is high on the Jazz and the Bucks, but like. No, they're not very similar. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I wanted to read the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, don't at me, haters. Oh, the, all those National Review winners who are going to be like, fuck the Pelicans, man. <laughs> Pro flat tax, anti-Jeru holiday. Also anti-Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. <laughs> Don't at me, haters. Yeah, Aunt David the- from. <laughs> David, David, yeah, t- tell me more about the, the the WMDs in Iraq, and don't tell me that this team's got weapons because they're hidden somewhere that even the UN couldn't find them. 
<laughs> Don't at me, haters. Anthony Davis is an extraordinary basketball player. Julius Randle is a perfect, high-energy, bruising compliment to Davis inside. And Drew Holiday had a breakout year. Aside from the lethargic home crowd, the Pelicans are one of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA. No one knows if Davis will stay in New Orleans, but for now he's there, and so long as he stays, the Pelicans are ready to rise. He kind of missed a bird metaphor there, <laughs> I'm going to say, with rise. Like, just very easy, take flight, you know, soar, anything. Nope, rise. <laughs> Um, also, he was just like went out of his way to take some shots at the city of New Orleans, mm-hmm. and they lied about FEMA. And, <laughs> um, and right. Mike Brown did a great job. <laughs> My next, the next division, uh-huh. the Donald Trump division. Fragile powers, the title beckons, yet misery is possible. What a <laughs> the title beckons yet misery is possible i don't understand what that has to do with nba teams or donald trump he's like talking about like Gollum, richard the third like what the, the title beckons yet misery is possible i mean i kind of agree with that as an existential statement about the world like <laughs> All right, so who's the Donald Trump division? It is the Philadelphia 76ers, the uh-huh. Toronto Raptors, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Houston Rockets. All right, well, let's see how they stack up to Donald Trump. Well, the first question about the Philadelphia 76ers is, can a team be young, talented, and fragile all at the same time? How many of those adjectives refer to Donald Trump? Fragile, maybe? Yeah, even that, it feels like, like I feel like his I mean, his heart could go at any time. Yeah, but he's just not really fragile because he's so fat. Like you don't, (laughs) you don't think of like a three hundred pound man as fragile, no matter what his health is. Mm -hmm. Um, he does actually describe the fragility of the Sixers, though. So that it seems like he described more basketball here. Um, Uh, in fact, all of these are pretty boring. They're very boring takes on all the teams, I would say. He loves the Raptors crowd, though, so (laughs) good job. Um, Not sold on the Rockets. He's not sold on the Rockets. Very pro DeMar DeRozan as well. (laughs) Uh, He also takes two shots at Carmelo Anthony in this preview. Yeah. Um, Oh, he calls him a chemistry killer. Uh, He also said said that... uh, um. Yeah, critically, Oklahoma City subtracted Carmelo Anthony. Mystery killer. Very cool. Um. All right. The next division is the goat. Oh, it's the LeBron division. The team with the goat. You know, very much, very much fitting with his conservative politics theme, LeBron James. I look. I'm into. I'm. I'm actually going to defend David French here for one second. Uh-huh. It's kind of cool that this idiot, this conservative moron, uh-huh. thinks LeBron James is the greatest of all time. Well, yeah, because his second choice is like Jamal Mashburn. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
just loves Kentucky players. I just would have bet this guy's like a this guy would have been like a Jordan truther, you know what I mean? Or oh, like yeah. even worse a Russell guy. Did he actually write he yeah, he wrote a column a couple months ago. Yes, LeBron James is the GOAT. We need to maybe have a Google alert for every David French NBA. Oh, absolutely. Column. I'm I'm <laughs> so into it. Like I now have a a favorite French basketball pundit. It used to be <laughs> Boris Diaw. Now it's David French. All right, your next division, the William F. Buckley Jr. division. Intellectual juggernauts. There's one team. Sean, what team do you think is in this division? Oh, intellectual juggernauts? Yeah, it's... the William F. Buckley division. Well, there's also only two teams left in mm-hmm. this preview. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be the Warriors. <laughs> no, you are correct. It's the Boston Celtics. <laughs> This team was built from the ground up by basketball geniuses to contend for a decade. It could win now. Wow, what a bold choice. That Just like just like <laughs> William F. Buckley, the Boston Celtics have put on a fake accent to sound smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got these young kids who are going to write even sassier novels that'll be turned into Aaron Eckhart films. <laughs> Uh, and then he has the Sauron division. Only Frodo can save us now, the Golden State Warriors. Here's my question. Does he consider Sauron a liberal? <laughs> Here's my question. How many conservatives are both into the Lord of the Rings and the NBA? I I mean, I, I feel like... <laughs> Not a lot in the South. Um, <laughs> I could kind of, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like Rand Paul was like a Lord of the Rings guy, though. <laughs> and I could see like Rick Perry thinking it was history. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is, this is what happened before the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. But but the Sauron division is such a weird It comes out of nowhere. And then he He says the eye of Sauron strong indeed, the forces of darkness are pouring from Minas Morgul, the walls Baradur are high and strong. He left out an of there, mm-hmm. and all hope flees the land. Mm-hmm. Um and that's it. That's that's the title. And only Frodo can save us. He just doesn't worry about this metaphor. He just has a couple things in a pair in the second paragraph. And then he talks about the U.S. hockey team mm-hmm. beating the Soviets. Because, of course, he does. And because he's like, yes, screw you, libs. You loved the Soviet Union in 1980, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> also, he, he has to he has to describe in the words of Al Michaels. 16 words describing the most famous. <laughs> All these people are like, do you believe in, if we had, they'd read, do you believe in miracles? They're like, yes, uh, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. And I do believe that um, cutting taxes will actually reduce deficits. I believe <laughs> that's a miracle. So here's my the biggest thing for me with this article is an uh, article, whatever, this op-ed. I don't know what this is. 
<laughs> this guide it doesn't feel like a guide either but my biggest problem with a conservative's guide to the 2018-19 nba uh-huh. season by david french um is that it's less a conservative's guide and more of a guide to the 2018-19 nba season for one person named david french who who doesn't seem to have watched a lot of basketball last year Right? I mean, he didn't go to a single Grizzlies game and he yeah. eats, breathes and lives Grizzlies basketball, so I bet he could, I bet he could tell you in-depth information about like a walk-on on Kentucky's basketball team. <laughs> but so what I want to do here Sean to close yeah. the show. Yeah, it's not conservative enough, by the way. We're going to write no, we're going to write right now. A conserv- an actual conservative guide to the 2018-19 season. Okay. Um, so let's go through just real quick. We'll go division by division. <laughs> we'll leave his dumb fucking <laughs> headlines. The Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez division. Um, let's pick randomly. Um, what would? What about the Brooklyn Nets, Sean? Oh, the Brooklyn Nets. Oh. Just wanting a handout from the taxpayers so all the liberals can have their food trucks and the Barclays Center, the softest arena to protect them from the hard scrabble streets of New Jersey and any kind of expectations. Plus, they're owned by a Russian billionaire who actually didn't throw the election for Donald Trump. He did it to make Trump win so they could investigate and find out how Hillary Clinton was taken. Your owned libs. See, I was going to say, one thing I know for sure it wouldn't be is uh, proof that you shouldn't uh, <laughs> that that you shouldn't uh, sell a bunch of assets for a bunch of old fucking guys <laughs> to oh. overpay a bunch of old people. Uh-huh. You shouldn't you shouldn't borrow against the future <laughs> just to help out a billionaire. Yeah, it shouldn't be that a, a, a weird billionaire short term idea in New York City. Uh, to pull off a real estate scam. All right, Sean. The Hillary Clinton division. Oh, we're staying yeah. in the same city. Uh huh. What's the conservatives' guide to the New York Knicks? The New York Knicks. They think that they can just bring in Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, he can trade on the promise of his famous father's name. But here's the thing. They need to hand Ron Baker the keys because he is from the heartland. He's a genuine American and he is not black. <laughs> also, Joe Joe Noah. Oh, getting a big payout to not work. Hmm, kind of sounds like New York City to me. All right. Uh, let's stay in this division. Uh, the uh-huh. Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sorry, I was gesticulating and I... <laughs> Unplugged. I actually got to my feet to defend, to make this speech. Look, Dan Gilbert gave his heart and soul to the Republican National Convention, to the city of Cleveland, and spoiled, entitled loser LeBron James decided that he couldn't stay in the real America. He needed to go to the left coast and play in Hollyweird. Because he didn't care about winning, he just cares about fame, just like a Hollywood liberal. <laughs> I like it. All right, Cory Booker division, Sean. Okay. Uh, the Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons. Just like the decades of 
Democratic mayors and governors with too much power have left the city of Detroit a shell of its former self. So is noted liberal Stan Van Gundy decimated this once proud franchise and left it a shell of itself. Sure, the Pistons used to be known for toughness, and now they just have Blake Griffin known for play acting. And the only people he punches are his own teammates. <laughs> Play Luke Kennard 46 minutes a game. All right, the Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers. Look, maybe if they want to have the tenacity to make it out of the first round of the playoffs, they should start eating meat and stop burning the flag on the court before the games because a real American team is going to sweep them out just like Democrats this November. <laughs> All right, uh, the I'll you know what I'll take this one. The Los uh-huh. Angeles Clippers. Oh yeah, do it. Right. The liberals in Hollywood have spent too much time shoveling overpaid uh, blockbuster valueless movies down our throats. Finally, maybe we'll get some Christian basketball. The Los <laughs> Angeles Clippers. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, the Elizabeth Warren division, uh, the okay. Washington Wizards, Sean. Okay. Well, maybe the Washington Wizards could get it together and play as a team if they weren't too busy with their child sex trafficking organization taking place in the basement of John Wall's Pizza Restaurant. <laughs> The Democrats in Washington are out of touch with the common man, and so is Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre out of touch with the common fan. Stop hurting children, Bradley Beal. <laughs> um, all right, Rocky Balboa division. Uh, we've got to do the Memphis Grizzlies, dude. Oh, um. Huh. You know what? The most it's- disgraceful moment in Oscars history was when the 3-6 Mafia took the stage for their profanity-laden song from Hustle and Flow. Well, this team is going to go 3-6 and six every stretch of nine games because the city of Memphis is dying because of Democrats. <laughs> or I should say Democrats. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, I got this one. Uh, okay. The Milwaukee Bucks. Finally, an immigrant that's <laughs> living the American dream the legal way. Giannis Adetokounmpo has come to work hard, unlike every other immigrant in the country. <laughs> that's very good. I should have said something about trying state fair food, but anyway. <laughs> Look, the only caravan I care about is the Bucks bandwagon. <laughs> As Governor Scott Walker's favorite team finally overthrows the Eastern elites. <laughs> um, all right, Donald Trump division. Uh, why don't you do the do the Spurs? Okay, the San Antonio Spurs. They got rid of Kawhi Leonard, a strong, silent man, for Demar Derozan. Even the name shows you that he's not. He's all about isolation. You know what I mean? He's scoring for himself, whereas the Spurs have abandoned their identity, gotten rid of their tough on defense for a soft, 
Bernie Sanders like approach to defense from DeMar DeRozan from the land of single payer health care and gun laws that don't keep anybody safe. It's a good thing they play in the Alamo Dome because this team is surrendered just like America. (laughs) All right, Sean, do the Lakers. All right. The Los Angeles Lakers noted crybaby LaBaby James has come to town to play in the soft world of Hollyweird, but he was too he's too soft from his time from being carried by Kevin Love in Cleveland. Now he's got a bunch of troublemakers and criminals, just what Democrats want. Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo and JaVale McGee, who has a fake French name. No, thank you, Los Angeles fakers. <laughs> All right, and then I will. T- Let, why don't we both do the Boston Celtics? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> the only person smarter than Q from QAnon is Brad Stevens. <laughs> my <laughs> my only complaint. Not enough white players. <laughs> the whitest team in NBA history is the Boston Celtics, and they're also the team with the most championships, which tells you that Charles Murray's work on the bell curve truly did identify that white people are superior. His work definitely demonstrated that Caucasians have a higher on-court IQ, and Danny Ainge demonstrates that that's true in the front office as well. It's okay if fans use the N-word, because rappers do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think we're done. Unless do you want to do the Warriors? Uh, I don't know I if guess, you're going to top that one. I don't think we are. <laughs> We're not going to top his Sauron division, to be honest. Um, all right, Sean, what do you want to plug? Uh, for San Francisco people, I'm going to be co-headlining the punchline right before Christmas, December 20th through the 22nd, with the very funny Sammy Obade. Uh, that's five shows, December 20th through the 22nd, punchline in San Francisco. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um uh plug something else. Oh yeah. Um also come to the business on Mondays. Uh we should have some fun Halloween stuff on the Everything Report. Oh, and uh if you're a Twitch user or just are bored on a Wednesday night, uh Corbin A. Smith from the Take It or Break It podcast and I have been doing a uh Twitch stream called West Coast Bias, which is a very irreverent, dumb live stream thing that's only about west coast basketball teams so it's the pacific Wait, division you that every week i mean we've only done it once i'm planning to do it most of the time okay. i mean it's core yeah twitch.tv slash big corbs so mm-hmm. is where you find it but uh yeah the key concept is it's only west coast teams so uh the pacific division plus portland minus phoenix <laughs> And uh, I believe Corbin is going to have a West Coast team, like, standings-only board. Especially dealing with the times they play each other. That's really funny. Um, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter, at Rock. Or, no, <laughs> shit! 
As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where going with the theme here on eight thirty one fifteen, I tweeted, "Dear Twitter, please stop suggesting that I follow Barack Obama. I will <laughs> never follow Barack Obama ever." Uh, I think Frankie has a season preview to write next year. <laughs> uh, trust the process. Trust the process. Shut it down. Let's never pretend to be conservative again. On any level, it feels deep. When you say it, I get excited by something, by the mystery of it, I guess. It's exciting to hear about something that on first blush makes no sense at all. Okay, good. But not all mystery ends up being rewarding, right? You can walk into the ancient cave. Or unlock the rune-inscribed chest And just find rocks Or a moth Or nothing What's your point? That His Highness is proposing to run a team on mystery A mystery that is ungraspable by anyone but you our numbers, lady. Look. You're Hortense the Elephant. You're all about that thing that we commoners just can't get, can't see. But what if we can't? Not because it's not real, but because it's actually inconsequential. The people on that elephant's dust speck. So what if they were there? Was there any chance for meaningful exchange between that dust speck world and the non-speck world? We're here. We Lilliputians, we wee folk, but what is our meaning to them? Do we want to have meaning to them? Become part of their world, become friends, lovers, sleep with them here on this beach. No, we don't want that. Do we want to have sex with giants, even as a kind of lark? Not saying I'm against the alliance, just introducing a question mark. Pippin, you... Do we want to have sex with giants? That's what this is all about. Not math or statistical science. Not just a... Calm down, Mrs. H. Hear me out. There are adventures you don't go on. Some water from dark wells you leave undrawn. Long nights of the soul that know no dawn The puzzling duckling that's a crow and not a swan There are mysteries you don't want to dwell on There are mysteries you don't want to dwell on Another player to our team has nothing to do with having, with meaningful involvements with bigger people. You can't combine the issues. They're the exact same issue, exact same. How possibly are... Adding, adding, 
You want to add to the team. Lily's over there, just over there, adding herself to Michael Jordan, and he is adding himself to her. And it's math, Mrs. Horton. It's math. Everybody wants to get away from zero. Combine and multiply and grow and grow. Big, big, This big. is just a giant wad of nonsense. Phil, he's just... Do we want to get naked with giants or know what's between four and six? How to bring the parts into compliance? I just cannot grasp the mechanics. Oh, God. Do we want to have sex with giants? Sex with giants. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.